So we did this thing um, Christmas Eve. We, we took up our offering, and we um, um, committed to give 100% of that Christmas Eve offering outward to Love Pure, to Chuck and Christy Badley's organization, to reach uh, the Nicaraguan refugee children in Costa Rica. And um, just I, I want to, before I tell you how much, I want you to know the context so that you can appreciate um, the number. Um, we talked with them, you know, last year's offering went to them to help get it started, and we talked to them in October. And I, I asked them, um, Kathy and I, Kathy Beebe is our Isaiah 58 queen, um, she leads our Isaiah 58 ministries, and um, uh, she, uh, we asked them, what would it mean for us to take up the offering for you this year? Like, what might it go toward? What, what should I tell people? And they basically said they had two things they were working on. They knew it would be a $30,000 budget for 2020 that would let them take care of all their ministry stuff there. Um, they cover their own expenses, but 30000 would cover their budget for that year. And then another 30000 uh, they needed to build um, their building, uh, buy land and, and, and get started on their building that they wanted for their ministries. And so I said, I asked them, which one of the two do you want us to go toward? Like what? And they thought the budget would be better so that they actually have money to do ministry. And then they would try to raise funds for um, the building, uh, the $30,000 building. So I said, well, we'll do this offering. And um, whatever we don't get at that $30,000, we'll try to find a way to give you in the coming year, because because we've a typical a typical Polaris uh, Christmas Eve offering has been around eight thousand dollars. Last year was eighteen, but that's because somebody came out of the blue from a, another from a faraway place and gave us six of that eighteen because they felt led to to do that. So twelve from the Polaris family and another so so you know eight to twelve thousand. But I thought we could work at the other. Uh, remaining portion for the rest of the year. Well, while we were up on stage in November, a lot of you were there, <clears throat> somebody from Polaris uh, felt moved and gave them $10,000 on the spot for their building, which took that need down to 20000 So now they get 30000 for the budget and 20000 for the building. So we took our Christmas Eve offering and um, thrilled to say... $31,000 to, yeah. So thank you to those of you that contributed. Others of you had other causes that you prayed about, and you can feel great about the fact that you were obedient to that. So the full budget was, um, was met with that offering for 2020, and now um, because of that, they, all they had to worry about was raising now the twenty. Uh, for the building and the land. But the neat thing is that that $31,000 was only the first offering that we did on Sunday. So we still had the Christmas Eve offerings on Christmas Eve, and we raised another 20 from that. So 51, yeah. So that is just a yay God and yay uh, us for being obedient to God, um, $51,300 for uh, Love Pure, which would cover with that, you add the other $10,000 onto that, that's $61,000 that came from Polaris, 
which should meet their full need and the building stuff for uh, for 2020. So just I'm just I'm so proud of 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 us and of what God is doing here and to be a part of what God's doing here for me. It's one of the biggest wins in the history of Polaris, and and I'm so thankful that. We got to be a part of that, so so well done. I also want to thank um, the the. This is like an exhausting weekend um, after Christmas, and so the band Marcus is in Tennessee. Band Mark up in the booth for 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 helping us out today, and then Dave. Um, Dave Ivey's doing our sermon today. Come on up, Dave. I'm so appreciative that you always are willing to take the hardest Sunday of the year. Um, and so I, I got you a little something. Oh boy! I know you're a huge nerd. I got you a huge nerd gift. Okay. I got it thinking it would be a Christmas gift. It didn't show up on my doorstep till the day after Christmas. I ordered this before Thanksgiving. So go ahead. Here you go. You can open it. I'm a little fearful. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. I love it. Thank you, Alex. Wow. I put it on right now, but I want to embarrass myself. <clears throat> and that's the. I don't even have to speak today because of that news. That I mean, why even have a sermon after that amazing, amazing news about I love Pure and I'm excited to see what. The Baileys are going to do with that. So uh, for those who don't know who I am, I am the student pastor. My name is David, and it's Christmas time still in my heart and in my house. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about some Christmas stuff um, and excited to share with you what our Christmas was like. So it was one of those weirder Christmases. Um, it, my, my poor wife, Jacqueline, got sick on Christmas Eve and was not able to join us in all our celebrations. Uh, so it's really like if, you, if you've been married for a long time, and that, that person in your life that's always there isn't out of place. It like, kind of feels a little uneven. But she was a trooper. And Christmas morning, she got up with us, and we, uh, we watched our son open his gifts. Speaking of big nerds. Uh, and he, all he wanted was wrestling stuff, because obvious reasons. Um, and he got a, a new title belt. He got his AJ Style shirt. Um, the night before Christmas, someone was very nice, and he loves sharks and gave him a fossilized shark jaw. Well, he's running around the house and enjoying his Christmas gifts, and then we had to take him here. <laughs> he had to take him to the ER on Christmas Day. Uh, he had stepped on it, and, and no stitches. He's doing well. Um, he doesn't look very happy with me right now. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it was just one of those weird, uneven kind of Christmases, uh, but even though it was kind of odd, I'm still in the spirit. I'm still in the spirit to, to talk about uh, this time of year. Um, and, and one of the things that happens around Christmas and New Year's for, for, for all of us is there's just a lot more of things. There's a lot more food, as we all have enjoyed. It's food that only comes around once a year, and we eat as much as we possibly can. Uh, there's a lot more, uh, hopefully, some presents and gifts, and, and that either you're the re uh, receiver or giver. You love when, when you see someone open a present for the, uh, uh, in, on Christmas morning, or, or you uh, just enjoy getting gifts, because who doesn't? Um, there's also the Christmas songs. So I have been playing Christmas music since September. 
um, and I'm not joking. And my, my, uh, Liam was singing uh, to 12 Days of Christmas, like early October, and my wife goes, yeah, so he started playing Christmas music. <laughs> I'm like, yep, that's me. But there's a lot of that still. Uh, some of it has been nonstop all week. If you are a college student or a teenager, you probably have had a lot of extra sleep because that's what you do on break is you sleep, uh, and your parents are, are, are wondering where they went wrong because for some reason your you know, wake-up call is 12 noon, um, and you go, what am I doing with your, what you're doing with your life? You're sleeping. Then there's shopping. You know, the, the after Christmas sales are nonstop. All this stuff, and there's a lot of it. There's also a lot of people this time of year. A lot of people in the stores, a lot of people at gas stations, uh, a lot of people in your house. Uh, your house may not look the same right now because it's full of people and people's stuff. It kind of reminds me of this movie. Hey, Dad. Mom, hey. Listen, hey. Mom, I got bad news. We're not going to be able to make it tomorrow. It's me. No one was more upset than we were last yeah, year that she got into a happy and didn't deal with the situation. Every year, Brad and Kate spend the holidays avoiding their families. No flights are coming in and no flights are going out. This isn't happening. Do you have a sister airline? No, I'm sorry. How about a cousin airline? No, we don't. But this year... Where are you headed for the holidays? They'll be forced to celebrate... Hi, Mom. It's my dad. They just saw us on the news. With all of them. Okay, he's going to give you a big hug when he sees you, Mom. I'm not hugging anybody. He's very excited about the hug. From New Line Cinema. We just got to get through these four Christmases as quickly and as painlessly as possible. I'm stuck in Merry Christmas, Mom. Hey, Dad. Good to see you, Mom. Oh, Merry Christmas, Christmas, Dad. Hey, these are my brothers, Denver and Dow. Four families. Bradley, I'm not trying to be your father. I'm hoping for a chance to be your friend. Well, you were my friend. You were my best friend. <laughs> Too much. Is an exit strategy. Vince Vaughn, Reese Witherspoon, Four Christmases. You know, I, I love that movie. <laughs> Uh, it came out in, in 2008, and there's a scene in the movie where they're making a very special bologna casserole, and, um, and they top it with Doritos, and I actually saw it with the, the five sand, the poindexters, and, and we're all, they're all talking about this casserole. I'm like, yeah, my grandma made that. <laughs> like, like, that was a Christmas thing. And, and, I, and I, I, always, I always say this, when Cool Ranch Doritos came out, it didn't taste the same. And I I'm, wish I was joking. <laughs> but uh, all that said, you know, this time of year, there's a lot of family. And, and we love our families, but it gets sometimes to a point where there's a little much. And I remember coming home from college uh, break and, and just being surrounded by family. Now, my, my parents were divorced, and so we had a lot of families to go to. I had to go to my mom's family, my dad's family, my grandma's family, and, then, and I was lucky enough to spend a little time with my, my girlfriend, would-be wife, uh, if I could squeeze it in between all the other stuff. And I remember just knowing that I wanted to rest and, and relax on a Christmas break, also knowing that there would be a whole lot of people in the house. And as much fun as Christmas can be, when you're in a full home, uh, can't be yourself, can't just do what you normally would do, 
it gets a bit stressful. And you like to be around people for the most part. Like if your friends come over or you have you know, so, you know, someone that you've, you've connected with that you haven't seen since college or uh, you really like that, but your uncle who likes to talk about politics at the table, not so much. And you like going out to malls and, and concerts, but being surrounded by someone who you really don't relate with for a long period of time, not a fan at all. And as much as we love our families, we ask ourselves every year, why does it have to be this uncomfortable? We ask ourselves, why do I have to be so stressed spending time with them? And I know Christmas is over, but we have another week with, with New Year's, and there's even more family to come. There's going to be that, that sister or, or, or that aunt who has like the daughter that is a superstar, and she's always trying to one-up you, uh, and, and you're trying to figure out how you're going to make it through yet another Christmas season with trying to explain your life choices to your grandmother, um, and, and you don't want to do it. But why is spending so much time with our family so stressful? I think for some of us, we feel our family doesn't really get us. Like we, Maybe we feel like we're the 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 black sheep of the family or, or the white sheep of the family, whatever you want to put it, you want to be, you, for some reason, they just don't understand why you've made your choices. They don't get to where you're coming from, especially if you're a younger person uh, and this is a college break. Your family doesn't get you because you went off at college. Not to mention there's this function in family. Not all family, but there are some dysfunction within a family. You know, and when families fight, it's the worst. When families fight, it feels like there's just this weight that hangs over the rest of the day, rest of the conversations. And some Christmas seasons, we, we, we are reminded of how dysfunctional our families can be. If you do have, come from a, a, a divorced home, you, you're reminded on how hurtful that is. If you come from a, a family where you, you had a lost loved one last year, and now you're, you're around the table missing them, uh, there, there's a bunch of reasons why this time of year can be so hard. Not to mention, some families are just awkward. Like, my family, very awkward. And, and, and sitting around a table, trying to enjoy a meal, and you're just like, man, I, 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 maybe, am I the weird one? <laughs> but sometimes, all we want for Christmas and New Year's is to be away from family. And as messy as they are, and as awkward, as, as confusing, as complicated, as frustrating as they can be, nothing is messier than, than family at times at, around this time of year. And what we like to do so often when we're in a messy situation is we like to disconnect or some, somehow remove yourself from reality. And for, for a lot of us, we'll text away. Uh, maybe we'll find a funny meme that reminds you of what you just sat through at dinner and you send it on social media because you need to laugh at something. Or for some of us, we try to disconnect in other ways. Like we, instead of answering a, a question that you know is going to be up, like, you know, when you're going to get married or, or what are you going to do with your life, you start making up a fabricated story because at least they, the questions will stop. Or 
You just go on social media and vent. Or you, 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 go, you take a, a phone call in the middle of a dinner to get away from the mess. And maybe you realize you're doing this or not, but you're distancing yourself from the mess because what else are you supposed to do? And honestly, it's natural and normal, and, and we all kind of have those times where we just want to be done with family because family is too much. But this morning, I want to spend our time looking back at the Christmas story and talking through how messy that was and how we can learn from that mess and engage more with our families into the new year. So uh, I'm sure most of you, who, who has their Christmas stuff still up? Ever, anyone else? Okay, no one's taking it down. Some have. Who has a, a nativity of some sort at home? Again, we, we love our nativity. This is our, our one nativity that we like. This is our family nativity. Um, Liam always asks why they don't have any faces. I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's, it's one of the, I, I love this, but my favorite is this one. I love the peanuts nativity. I love my, old, my little tree that's uh, falling apart, even though it's supposed to be falling apart. Um, this is one of my favorite nativities. When we look at our nativity scenes, we see beauty. Actually, for most part, the nativity looks like this. Perfect. Amazing how well-dressed Mary and Joseph are from being in a barn. Amazing how, how the, this light just shines around their head and, and these well-behaved animals that aren't making any noise or any, any smells. How amazing this family portrait is. It's almost like a Hallmark movie. You, you, you know what the, it's going to be perfectly perfect in every way. And we look at pictures like this of the nativity, or we go on social media and we see our friends and our coworkers, perfect Christmas, and we wonder what's wrong with me? Because my family didn't look like that. What's wrong with what's going on in my life? Because it's not picture perfect. And when we look at the story of Jesus' birth, we realize it is far from perfect. You know, when, when Mary and Joseph were asked to go to Bethlehem, they were being asked to go to Bethlehem by a dictator. The, the, the Roman Empire came in and was basically telling them what to do, how to do it. And so Jesus is being born into one of the worst times for the Jewish faith because they were oppressed by the Romans. And then months into this, this nativity story, months before this part happens, this happens. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, Elizabeth was pregnant, and God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, the town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin name was Mary. The mother went to her, the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And I want to pause on that last thing. The Lord is with you. Sometimes when we are in the midst of 
chaos and dysfunction in our homes or in our workplaces or uh, in our life in general, we need the reminder the Lord is with us. I can't imagine what Mary would have been thinking, feeling, as this angel walks into her, her life. It doesn't say like she was like in the corner, you know, in fear, like I would be, um, but she, there's had to be a reaction. And, and what, the, what comes next will change her life forever and change the, the direction in which this world was going. In verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, and he will be great, and, he, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him his throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. The Lord, with, the Lord is with you, and he'll never leave you. And I love that that's the, in the midst of the most shattering news a teenage girl could ever get, that you're pregnant. The Lord is with you, and he'll always be with you. The nativity story is messy. The Messiah is being delivered into the hands of a teenager who probably has no way to understand about how to handle this emotion or, or what to do next. It's a powerful message when we are in the midst of things that we can't control or can't understand. That God is with us and will always be beside us. And I love the story because the story doesn't just end there because you have this guy named Joseph. And Joseph was a, was a fine man. I mean, the guy, he was really concerned for Mary. And then he's given this news that his now uh, fiance is going to be pregnant with God's son. And he's a little taken aback for multiple reasons. But I love his part of the story. In Matthew 8, uh, 1, 18, it says this. This is how the... the the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. The mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, and before they, that they came together, she was found out she was pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph was her husband, was fully faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to this, uh, public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So you've got to keep in mind this, what, in this context and this time. Joseph could have done one of two things. He could have basically publicly shamed her and put this out so all can see. But because he cared for her, he decided to do it quietly so that he wouldn't disgrace her. Awesome. I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good heart on Joseph. But then an angel comes again. Verse 20. But after he had, he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared from him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because this, what is conceived in her, is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. He'll never leave you. He's with you, and he's here for you. In the midst of this chaos, there's this hope. And when we look at the nativity and we see what we think is supposed to be a perfect situation, 
But we realize that Jesus was born in a nasty barn in a time where his country was being ta- was taken over by a, a ruthless dictator, a teenage girl trying to figure all this out. That's a messy family. Christmas shows us that sometimes families are a mess. But you can do something more. See, I know from experience that being a part of, of a messy family is not fun. But I also know that when you in, try to engage in them in the right way, in a healthy way, um, you can make the most of things. And some of us have really tough family lives. Some people have not just tough family lives, we have tough work situations, we have people in our lives that are trying to find ways to bring harm to us in some ways or have harmed us in some way, and we're trying to figure out what to do next. And, and, and so instead of thinking that life should be perfect, that life should be like the perfect nativity or the perfect picture or the video that you, you see that makes, oh, I wish I had that. Instead of that, engage the mess. Show up and remember that God is always with you. That God not only is always with you, that he never leaves you. And he's there to take your mess and just flip it upside down. And I know how hard it can be I know how hard it can be to, to look at other people. Or, and, and the comparison game is such a, a, a trap because we try to compare ourselves to everyone else. And all Jesus is saying is there's nothing to compare yourself with when I am the center and I am the focus. So here, here's, a, here's a couple things to keep in mind as you go into your, your New Year's dinners with your friends and family that you may or may not have uh, see eye to eye. Uh, instead of complaining about things via text to someone, maybe put the phone down and, and, and try to find the, the positive in what the conversation is. Maybe be nice to your siblings or your step-siblings or your step-parents or your parents. Uh, even, even if you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, there's always that kind of awkwardness. When you start engaging your parents in a way that, uh, I love it because anytime my son like, gives me the, the little doe eyes, I'm like, you know, what's the response for most parents? What did you do or what do you want? Well, maybe just love them, even if, when it's hard. Maybe your grandparents are going to give you a gift at some point, or your great-grandparents. Uh, I got my favorite great-grandparent gift was I got a Mark McGuire watch. It was limited edition. No clue where it's at. Uh, but... Find ways to show them the joy of, of, of giving a, getting a gift. Do the small things. Show up and show that you care. Matthew 1.23. And I love the end of this verse when, when the Lord was talking to Joseph. The virgin will conceive a child and she'll give birth to a son. They'll call him Manuel, which means God is with us. We're going to start a new decade. And 2020 will be a very interesting year. We have a presidential election, which I'm sure will go smoothly. Um, we're we're going to face things that may or may not be pleasant. Uh, and I love a new year because every, every year something new to look forward to, but the uncertainties are so much, especially with the, the relationships we have around us. And, and as you go into what's next... Remember that God 
is with you. Remember, no matter what's going on in your financial life, what's going on in your personal life, God is with you. No matter if you're struggling with addiction or you're trying to break, uh, break the chains of it, God is with you. No matter if you feel like you're the farthest you've ever been from God or the closest you'll ever be, God is with you. And take that with you as you go into 2020. Because I truly believe that when we put him first, and I tell our students this all the time in, in SMT, when we put everything through a filter of Jesus, it, 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 they may not go the way you want them to or, or expected it to, but when we put everything through the filter of Jesus, not only will he be with us, but he will make things great. Let's pray. Father God, we, we thank you for your son. I'm not ready to take my tree down, and I know it will have to come down soon. But Lord, I ask you to let us keep the spirit of this season going forward. It's such a cliche thing to say at church, but I truly believe it. Lord, you're with us, and let us take that into any, every messy situation, every messy family, um, every messy job. Um, let's take the fact that you are with us wherever we go. Even when we need it reminded, when we feel so far from you, remind us that you are with us. I lift this up in your name. Amen.